When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. After our end of season awards last week, we decided that it's time to look forward. So obviously we're going to talk about recruitment and signings because that's all that people are bothered about as well as Love Island at this time of the year. Although, are any of us Love Island fans? What is Love Island? No, no, no. No, I don't don't know what it is. No. My my wife watches it. I sometimes sometimes cast an eye on, you know... Through, through, through the corner of my eye sounds like somebody who's got the box <laughs> a judgmental eye I wouldn't say I'm a dedicated fan there's a borough who's the borough lad who was on it um, Sam Sam Gowland yes yeah yeah there was um, I'm sure when John was here he, he was trying to get Sam he's Gowland a big no, yeah. I think he was trying to get him on for a trip he's a big borough fan him, is he yeah yeah I often often see him in the borough in the around yeah. if you're listening Sam yeah Give us a nudge and you can come, you can come in and replace Gar. I mean, <laughs> uh, so yeah, Chris Garbert, Phil Talent, Tyrone Anthony Vickers, myself, Dom Shaw, and we're going to talk recruitment. Um, Borough have made one signing this season, uh, summer, sorry, this summer already, Phil. Uh, Adrian Bevington joining the club. How, how do you think that'll work? I thought it was a really interesting signing. I think, I think, first of all, I don't think anybody believes for a second, and, and nor should they, that he's going to put a tracksuit on and start analysing players from South America, from, from Asia, from wherever. He's, he's been clearly brought in as, I suppose you call it, as an organiser, as a, as a guy who oversees the department, who will be, who'll be making sure that it's as efficient as it possibly can be. I think we've, we've, we've had the nod that it's not going to affect Gary Gill, which is good to hear from, from our point of view, which has been personally being a friend of his. Um, and I think also, I think the, the bigger understanding is that there's been so much change over the last 18 months, two years, in terms of people like Arthur coming in and out. Um, you saw Gary Monk's people coming in and out. Um, different managers, different philosophies, um, different people wanting different things from, from, from players that they signed. So it's, I'm sure it's been really confusing. And just within the structure of the club, you've lost really important people like Dave Parnaby in um, Ron Bourne who, are, who have a big say in youth recruitment and, 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 and youth development so it's been so much going on over the last two or three years I think it's a, it's a kind of a line in the sand it's to say right okay we've got Adrian in. he's a vastly experienced administrator he's going you know, to oversee the whole department he's going to presumably liaise with Neil Bowser and Steve Gibson and also of course with, with people like Gary Gill and his scouts and and I think you might see a little bit, hopefully we'll see a little bit more joined up thinking because I think anyone would admit that the, the recruitment over the past eight months, two or three years hasn't really made a lot of sense at times. You know, we've seen a lot of players arrive in certain positions, we've seen the wrong kind of players arrive or we've seen players and you think, why have we paid so much money for him? So, so I just think there's, a, there's, there's an acceptance and also with Tony Pulis saying a few times since he's come to the club that... Um, he was given a brief that he would be shaking up the club behind the scenes and that was the real appealing factor of the job other than being the Middlesbrough manager so it's not a big surprise that they've appointed someone I'm a little bit surprised it's agent only because he's such a he's, such, he's from the other side of football isn't he he's, yeah, it's, from, it's, it's, it's from the PR media administration side so 
I don't think anyone's expecting him to actually go on. I don't, I don't think it is that surprising, really, because one of the jobs he had at the FA was uh, the head of Team England, mm. uh, and that, didn't, that involved things like a lot of logistics and organising the pathway from and uh, an identity, shared identity between uh, the, the reserve teams, the junior teams, the 21s and the senior side. So a lot of that background nuts and bolts stuff is, is transferable. Uh, I think it's an important position in the club. If people hear recruitment and they think automatically, oh, they're the guy that signs the players. I think that's a more complicated department than that. Uh, it, it's about as much about the academy and a pathway from the academy into the first team, which the club has spoken about in, in, for years and years, but seems to have broken down in recent years. Uh, and it's also about, I think, uh, uh, the DNA of the club. And uh, Phil touched there, you know, the, the, the club have lost a lot of people in recent years. I mean, a lot of coaches have left under the various <laughs> managers. A lot of people were brought in under ORTA, analysts, data data men, conditioning coaches, all kinds of things. Uh, and a lot of those people were lost. And uh, so there are big gaps in the, the structure of the club. But also, I think the, the loss of Dave Parnaby after sort of 20 years, there's a big institutional lo- loss of memory and loss of culture there. And it's important that when you rebuild that, you rebuild it on a solid basis. And uh, uh, Adrian's got fantastic con- uh, contacts but he understands the way football works at every level and he's got a lot of contacts and potentially that is a good move, I think. But, you know, I think we're all agreed that recruitment has been a bit of a dog's breakfast in, in recent times with three summers in a row now where things have been pretty messy. You, you talk there about him understanding football. Do you understand Borough as well? He's a Borough, he's a Borough lad. He's, he's, a Borough Absolutely, fan. he's yeah. worked for Borough previously. Died, died in the World Borough fan, has always followed them. Uh, I think he... he uh, has helped out the club at various uh, points while he was England at the games, for got example. England games here for, for instance he's always put in a good word for Borough uh, I don't think anything he could do about the three points I don't think that was really his department <laughs> but yeah I mean and it always helps to have people uh, within the organisation who understand the club and understand the area mm. uh, it'd be a great bloke to have by the way is the front as the kind of the mouthpiece of the club be it some sort of overarching PR role liaison with Steve Gibson and with Neil Bowers because like I, I think he understands that side of it better than anybody else who works down there he's, he is probably the most experienced media uh, savvy administrator in the entire English game at the moment I would say or one of the certainly you know he could, he, could, he could go into battle with anybody from Chelsea Man United Liverpool he knows the right people to talk to mm. he knows who you know he knows he knows so many moves you know every time he goes to a game and has gone to games for the last 10, 15, 20 years he's gone into boardrooms and shaken hands and spoken with the real top echelon so I think he'd be a great person maybe you know, I'm not just talking about our situation with the club, but just to build some bridges. I think the club's media media image could be far better. We've spoke so many times about things like um, not putting up big-name signings when they arrive, the obvious one being Negredo. I mean, that's a massive PR on goal, not to... Not to, you know, not not to promote the club as a as a Premier League entity, as a big you know, as part of the biggest global league in the world. I think that was a huge missed opportunity. Now, I don't suppose it necessarily get involved in that initially, but it'd be a real waste of a talent if they didn't yeah. over time. If we're talking recruitment, then Gabs, that obviously comes round to players who they're going to bring in in the summer. Um, we'll we'll go throughout the squad in more detail, but. 
just at a glance, to start with, what are the priority positions, do you think, for Pure Listeners recruitment team? Um, I think, I mean, you know, looking at the back end of the season, and I, I suppose many Borough fans would, you know, through polls that, that we've done on the Gazette website and so on and so forth, they sort of say, oh, goals and attacking midfields and we need to create and so on and so forth. And, and you know, them two games against Aston Villa sort of put a torchlight on that, didn't it, that we were unable to break down a, you know, a, a crafty Wiley old defence. Um, but, I mean, Borough scored for 14, 15 consecutive games towards the back end of the season. I don't think necessarily goal scoring has been Borough's problem, although I do think that is where um, Pulis will identify um, where, he'll, where he'll initially look to. Um, I don't think any of the strikers um, necessarily fit the, the, the Tony Pulis yeah, striker mould. Yeah, um, so that's going to, you know, we mentioned it this morning, didn't we? We were chatting this to say, who do you think will be Borough's number one striker next season? And it may well be somebody that's not not the club at the minute. Um, a lot of it is going to maybe depend on um, who leaves. Is money going to come in for Ben Gibson? Um, is money going to come in for Adam Triore? I would imagine that it's probably going to be interesting in, in, in the two of them. Can Borough fend that off? Um, or do Borough cash in and, and, and use that money to to go and invest in, in maybe four, five, six other places around, around the, the team. So, um, obviously it's early days, not, not, not a lot is going to happen at the minute, but I would imagine and I would hope that Pulis is, is, is maybe uh, on his on his uh, tower-to-tower challenge, you know, the time he's got on that. And uh, <laughs> going through in his mind and, and, and you know, just, and, and hopefully, hopefully putting, putting, uh, putting plans in place. How do you think he'll approach it in terms of, the players he goes for, the type of players he goes for, mm. and, and the type of money, the, the you know the mm. the sums of money he'll spend. After the Aston Villa game, unprompted, he talked about kind of um, you know that he knows what he wants, he knows what's <coughs> necessary, and said that he won't be spending money for the sake of it. It, mm. it was basically saying we're not going to have a repeat of, of last summer. Mm. Do you think there'll be? Do you, do you think the money's there to spend? Do you think he'll spend it if the opportunity presents itself, or do you think he'll try and be shrewd and, and, and do things on the not on the cheap but clever? Yeah, I think he's made that point so many times, hasn't he? About Steve spent enough money, you know, and he even reiterated that going into this summer. So, not many managers will do something like that. That might be a bit of kidology to say, don't exp- you know, yeah. to, to, to to other chief executives to suggest, don't be asking stupid prices for players anymore that we're going to approach because mm-hmm. we're not going to be ripped off. Um, I mean, you look that this, the financial thing might take care of itself. If Borough decide it's cashing on Ben Gibson and Adama Triori, you're looking at at least you'd have to say thirty million pounds, or that of yeah. that there or thereabouts. Now that is going to be a, a huge in Championship terms transfer. Alongside any parachute payments. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously Borough haven't got Bessic anymore. So uh, for me, the midfield is the crucial area. Now, does Tony decide he wants to play through teams, or does he does he decide? I don't think we can. I don't. I don't think I can buy the sort of player who can break teams open from the middle of the park mm. and go along down the flanks and with the long throws that we've seen already from the likes of Friend and Shotton, you know, pack the box, um, good delivery in from the flanks. Does he go down that route? He hasn't really given too many clues other than what you said, Don, which was I know what I want and I know what I, you know. I know where I, where I want to where where I want to strengthen. I think he's got some good attacking talent. I think you're going to really struggle to get better players and. Brit and Patrick Bamford, in my opinion, without spending a heck of a lot of money. Mm. You know, oh yes, Borough wanted Mitrovic, but really Mitrovic is a Premier League striker, isn't he? And he's, he's going to go. You'd have to think either stay. He's either going to stay with Fulham or go back to Newcastle and go to another Premier League club. So, I think 
you know, he's, he's also got Rudy Gestead, who he clearly likes. I think it's going to be really tough for him to, to improve on that, 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 those three choices. Well, for me, when you look at it from last year, I, I think the, the key is, or the priority is depth, because in the 11, you know, Borough could go like to like, like for like with anyone at the back end of last season. But we saw, didn't we, in those last few games, we saw at Villa when he threw on a, what, half fit at best, Gestead yeah. in, yeah. in the latter stages. That he, he clearly didn't fancy anyone on the bench. He, he, he lacked players who he trusted mm. to change a game. Now, uh, the Jack Harrison punt, which is what it was, was 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 probably worth exactly that when he came in because it was it was a no lose from mm. Borough's situation. But both Harrison and Baker clearly, you know, they, they clearly weren't trusted by Pulis to go on and change the game. I think you need I think you need two or three more attacking mm. midfield options that, that, that would yeah. then make a difference. Yeah. It's an it's an interesting really. I mean, I think he got a decent set of results out of that team. Uh, that he inherited with virtually no changes in personnel, uh, and he did it without without a, a pre-season and coming into a side that was a bit confused. And you think, well, if he did have a, a full pre-season with that group, he may get more out of it. But on the other hand, clearly, the, the vast majority of those uh, players he would not choose. And if you started it the other way around and said, well, you know, which of those players are Tony Pulis players and write down the team sheet, I don't think you'd have very many there that he would choose in an ideal world. Has he not, has he not dispelled the Tony Pulis players myth, though, and the likes of getting the best out of players like Patrick Bollard? Well, any manager, given the opportunity to build, will build a team in his shape. Uh, we know what, what kind of players he wants. And if you look at the team as it stands, you can say, well, the, the central defenders, yes. Uh, uh, Johnny Housen, maybe. Clayton, maybe. But there's none of the strikers who you would, he would choose, I don't think. Uh, I think Gestet was playing as the least worst option to play in a particular style. But I don't think he's mobile enough. Uh, to, uh, uh, or ironically, good enough in the air to play that way that Tony Pulis would want. He was playing far too deep. Uh, he's he's not, you know, he, he doesn't make the runs. Uh, and also, I think that on both flanks, you're lacking the kind of players that Tony Pulis likes. I.e., can get wide quickly and put a ball to a certain spot in the penalty box for his attacker to attack. Uh, I think in an ideal world, he would probably bring in six players. But the problem we have is that, and which he keeps on referring to, is he's not going to just spend the chairman's money, is that there's a lot of assets in that team now. And you can't just keep on bringing in players. He probably does what I mean. The fact that he went for Mitrovic in January speaks volumes of the fact that the five strikers that he had in his books there, he didn't think they were good enough to lead the line. I think we made that point, didn't yeah. we? That, so yeah. he clearly wants someone up front different from what we've got. Mm. The problem you have is that they're all expensive players in that, that front end and you'd have to unload probably two, maybe three before you could even start a rebuilding. Wait, got so I think the important element of recruitment this season is going to be getting rid of some of the players yeah. on the books. Yeah, that's the difficulty, isn't it? Getting those players that you've got to... Fit twenty-five, thirty million pounds worth of players who realistically aren't going to kick a ball next season if Tony Pulis gets his own way in terms of signings. But they can't just be allowed. They're not. They can't just hang around Rockcliffe making the tea and, and and training with the rest of the first team group as they describe it. So I think that is as as much as we talk about players coming in. I think that is going to be a really telling factor moving forward. How quickly 
how quickly the club can move on players who don't have a future. I think, ironically, you, you speak about the Tony, the Tony Pulis type of player. I think it's testament to him as a manager that, that you know, before he came in, I think the, the, the least Tony Pulis type player that you could pick is probably a Dama Traore. Mm. And you know, he managed to do what, what I tore and, and, and was it Bruce who had him at Villa? Was it Bruce? No, it's Sherwood. Sherwood. Yeah, Previous Villa managers. Agnew. And then also Monk, what, you know, what they couldn't do. Um, and, you know, this, this non-Tony Pulis type player pretty much got Tony Pulis to the playoffs, you know. I, 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 I dare say if it wasn't for the resurgence of Azama Traore in, in the form of him in the second half of the season, I don't think Borough would have got anywhere near. So, um, you know, it's... What I think what was glaringly obvious towards the back end of the season was the over-reliance on Adama and Burnley to address that because it was all down the right it was all through Adama and you know Steve Bruce probably identified that and looked at it and gone well stop him and you stop Borough and that proved that proved 100% correct so that needs addressing the balance isn't, isn't right I mean I know you know for, for all the good stuff Stewie does and, and so on and so forth you can't do what Adama you know can do and if, if, you're going to, if we are going to keep hold of Adama I hope we do um, then you know, it it needs to, needs to be balanced. It definitely needs to be balanced. You need you need to offer more than just give it to a Dharma, don't you? Yeah, keep keeping all of a Dharma. Um, there's there's bound to be links and there's bound to be interest and there's bound to be calls. I think it a benefit Traore to stay. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'd do him any harm. You yeah, know, you look at how old he is. I think it's yeah. a good point. And I think um, if if Pulis can do what he's done with him <clears> in four months, then what can he do mm-hmm. with him after a full pre season? And with a team that's more mm. balanced and set up to not purely yeah. be built around around one man, if teams can't afford to stick two or three on him, and mm. you know, I still think, yeah, I think Downing started to look um, tired, fatigued towards the end of the season, which is understandable considering how much football he played. He was mm. one of the few players, certainly one of the few attacking players, who've been just Every about a constant. Mm. Um, and, and you think about all the football that he's played throughout his career and I do think it catches up with you I think Wayne Rooney's an example of that he's mm. played so much football for so many years mm. um, taking into account the summer football and the summer tournaments and whatnot. but you know if you've got down in there and, an, and another left sided player perhaps mm. Downing becomes an option in, the, in, more, in, in a more central Absolutely. position as well and and another uh, another option on the right mm. as well as Triore then mm. I think suddenly you know he's, he becomes even more dangerous mm. and more threatening because teams can't afford to well, I'm not convinced he, I'm not convinced he would set the Premier League on a light yet I know we got, he had a good second half of the season but there were signs when teams got about him and did a job on oh, him oh absolutely now he will be playing with better players if he goes in the Premier League you'd assume and in but more that, balanced side but, but in more balanced side but he'll also be against better defenders by, so, so there will always be moments where he just destroys defences because that's what he can do mm. but as we saw in Cranker's Premier League season, he didn't do it enough for his liking. Um, you could say Aitor lost his nerve, you could say Traore didn't do it consistently enough, but for whatever reason, he's looking a better player, but I'm still not convinced that those those factors in his game that make him a bit of a gamble aren't still there. I think you're 100% right, Dom. I think as a player, if, if, tri- if, if Pulis definitely wants to go down the Traore route next season, it would be a great move for Triori to sit tight. He's only so young. He's got years ahead of him. Mm. He's got all the attributes. Does he really want to go potentially back into the Premier League and find himself a part of the squad and then find himself out of the team again for five mm. or six matches? I'm sure it would be hard to convince him to turn down a move to the Premier League. But I do think it would, as you say, I think it would do him good if, if, to have another year with Tony Pulis. Well, I think as well, you know, if you're his advisors, sorry, guys, I think if you're his advisors, you know, he's had what three or four years now of not not 
halted progression because he's clearly uh, moved on as a player but this is the first time that he's really found any momentum in mm-hmm. his career isn't it and I think you know to risk losing that to risk going to the Premier League and playing once every becoming a bit part player mm-hmm. um, at, at a big club and then if it's not to a big club then is it worth taking the risk to go to a, a, a kind of a middle of the road mm-hmm. club when the chances are you're going to be playing for a club and a, and a manager who get the best out of you who are trying to get to the Premier yeah. League and have a chance of getting there it's, year later. It's, it seems as though he's, he's a complex you know, he's, he's a fantastic footballer he's got all the ability in the world but he's a complex footballer to, to manage I can imagine you know, on a day to day basis not his beha- not, nothing to do with his behaviour but just the way that Tony Pulis has got him in, 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 a, in a sort of path of thinking the way that he's got him understanding what he wants him to do you know, them two clearly get each other as a manager and play. You know, that's evident. You know, the way the way that he's turned him, turned him around. So maybe you know he does think that I do like the manager. I'm, I'm settled. Um, like I say I'm, 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 playing, happy, I'm yeah. playing football. You know, I'm playing. Uh, yeah, I've got myself. I think in I think the key Spain. to keeping him and keeping him happy is to persuade him that the team next season will not play in a way that means he can be shackled every single game because yeah. I think there were signs of frustration mm. towards the end and you know that's it wasn't just Villa that, that did a job on him several teams did a job on him mm. uh, sometimes it was by double and treble marking him and stopping him playing and sometimes it was kicking, <coughs> kicking lumps out of him yeah. and you can you know the, the smile on his face when he's being effective is fantastic to see he's exciting and uh, he galvanises the team and lights up the ground uh, but there the were times when you could see that it was getting to him that, that no matter how hard he tried, that they were getting nowhere. One of the reasons, that, one of the reasons for that is that the rest of the midfield is so slow compared yeah, to exactly him right, yeah. that even when he gets into effective positions, the team aren't yeah. taking full advantage of that. So I think in order to keep him on board, keep him happy and keep him uh, making progress... I think he has to be persuaded and the club have to deliver yeah. on the fact that there will be other options in midfield yeah. that will take some of the... Well, I think, I think that, the that's biggest... a challenge for him as well, yeah. though, isn't it? But I think to, to, to himself cope with being shackled and being targeted yeah. and being, yeah. and being yeah. you know, zoned in as the man that teams need to... Well, start. I think it's a bit like Trier. I think Downing's in a similar situation. You either play Stuart Downing where he's the strongest or you start questioning where he plays in the team because, for me, his best, best run of matches was before Christmas when he was kind of the only player in the team who was getting any kind of... who was really look, looking the part, wasn't he? And he kind of suffered when Adama came to the fore uh, and became the sole focus. And, and you, look at the, you look at the midfield, you've lost Bessic, you've got central midfielders like Clayton Ledbetter, Johnny House, none of whom are particularly speedy. Um, and certainly Clayton Ledbetter are very similar in the way they play. It, it could be that he completely overhauls the midfield. Um, you know, you, you've got players. You know, Clayton's been talked about as a potential player who could leave. There wouldn't be any shortage of takers there. I think he might want to. He might relish a fresh challenge. Grant's coming towards the end of his time here. If he's not going to be the captain and the focal point in the team, does he really want a fringe role at his age? Um, and then Johnny Howson, where does he fit in? Again, it's almost a compromise to where Johnny plays. And I know he, he improved as the season went on and he's a very experienced player, but I look at all of those players, you know, and your Triores and your Downings, and apart from Triori on wide right, I'm not sure where they fit. I'm mm. not, you know, I, thought it, it, Housen, I thought Housen fit well into that midfield system. I think as a three? Given, yeah, yeah, I think given, given the licence to... I think Borough are lacking a... Um, I was watching the Fulham Aston Villa game on Saturday and one of the lads I was watching it with said Kevin MacDonald would be perfect in the, in the Borough midfield. The mm. kind of real, you know, um, 
he's physical, he's imposing, strong. he's strong, he gets Athletic. from box to box. Yeah. But, Dynamic. But, but, but I think Johnny Housen is, adds to the Bullet team mm. by being in there. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think those, yeah. those players I mentioned, Clayton Ledbetter Housen, he's by far the most offensive player of those three. Yeah. Well, I think, um, and, and, most, yeah. and most versatile in that aspect. The, the one thing I, I, I've said for, for a long time, and you know, Borough have got some tidy footballers, they're all good footballers in the middle of the park. Housen's, even Bessage came in, you know, but he got forward, he could pass, he, he had a range, he, he could get about the pitch. But for a long, long time, Borough have never had a big, imposing, strong presence in the middle of the park. You know, someone who, who plays bounce off. Mm-hmm. I, I, always, I always refer back to like a, a Modi Army, a Thomas Huddleston, someone like that. And you know it, it'd be nice to. I don't want to. I don't want to say a Borough midfielder a, a week, but they're not big, strong, physical, imposing presences, are they? And don't, they don't, they don't the tend to stand out on the pitch, do they? No, no. You know, it, it's. I think when, when you need when you need your midfield to get a big, a, big, a real strangle on the game and, and to build a platform from, it's good to have a little bit of muscle in there, isn't it? A little bit of. Uh, an imposing presence and, and, and a force that's well, going and Pulis likes that you know he's always back in his yeah. formative yeah. I remember you did a bit Vic shortly after Pulis had come in and looked mm. at the type of players that, that he likes and, and that was one of them wasn't it a real imposing well, this the difference I mean, a I'm, real athlete I, 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 that second leg especially the second leg I thought the first leg he was a little bit quieter but Yedinak I thought in the, in the second leg at Villa Park just completely mm. trampled all over in midfield not through sheer brilliance of, of, of his technical ability, just because he was strong. Well, he, he, he was even going away, away from even going away from the strength side of things. You look at the young energy of a Jack Greenish. You look at the Birmingham fillers and Clayton Ledbetter House. And they're either they're, they're, they're either the back end of the twenties or the early thirties. They're, they're, they're good, experienced players, and I'm not saying you shouldn't move forward with them. But when you see when you see a young, vibrant player who fancies it, who's running around, he's got you know, he's, he's got his I know. He, Posing like hell, he's got his socks rolled down and his shin pads there. And look, but you just see that energy, that youthful energy. And Borough haven't had that for so long. And I'm not saying he, you know, Greenish would go to the Premier League. I'm sure, but that kind of mm. player who grabs the game and like either the sort you're talking about, Gabs, the the big six foot, you know, Tom Huddleston yeah. units mm. who kind of just operate in the middle of the pitch and boss it. Or, or, or one of those vibrant, energetic players. You have to players. blend, don't you? Yeah, it has to be a blend. But I think at the moment, Borough don't look, don't, Borough look much of a muchness in well, the yeah. centre of the park, even to an extent. Besic. I think they're quite good at what we do in the park, but they're all very similar, all quite one-dimensional. In, in like they've got their skills, but there's no blend, is there? I mean, there isn't that person that can do a Jack Grealish role. No. It, it, Villa Park it was, was rope a wasn't it? Borough could have could have kept playing until midnight it didn't, you didn't feel like they could open them up they might, they might have scored from a set piece if they got a lucky deflection or a, or a really good delivery that was picked out a Borough player but in terms of playing in open play you just thought you could play here you could, you could play here till midnight and Borough can't well, open these well, it was one of the first things Pugis identified when I remember the interview with BBC T's where unprompted after a game he, he said I want my midfielders to pass forward I want them to take that responsibility mm-hmm. of when they get the ball and and not take I'm, the easy way out look to move the ball forward I, I know we're talking about 20, 30 million pound footballers here now and, and, and Premier League footballers in their own right as well but you know, we, we spoke didn't we on, on, on the phone via text when the, um, when the playoff final was on and I said just watch Thomas Kearney oh yeah just yeah. I, I, as soon as he gets the ball he goes forward mm. he, he looks to go forward he can pass he ne- very very rarely gives the ball away he, he can move across the pitch, and you know you're not going to get Thomas Kearney. He's, he's, he's Premier League bound. If be probably not with Fulham, you know I can see him going to a big club. But somebody like a Grealish like that, somebody like a Thomas Kearney to go alongside a House and, and maybe an Andy and Lee, you know, there's there's three positions there to to, to, to take. Can you imagine if you're you, a midfield, you complete blend of everything. Can you imagine if you're an opposition midfielder and you've got a player 
are coming towards you and you don't know whether it's going to knock it sideways, go past you on the left, go past you on the right, mm-hmm. or knock it long. Yeah. That's so every time you're facing a player, there's four potential mm-hmm. options and you best will in the world if you're playing against Middlesbrough you know chances are they're going to go square yeah, yeah. so you, you, I mean the amount of times the ball got mm-hmm. as far as someone like Adam Clayton Villa Park for example mm-hmm. and you knew it was going sideways before he even left his foot and I know yeah. whether that's culture whether that's just he's lost so much confidence because he's been playing mm-hmm. for so long as a defensive midfielder because that's not his game when he was a 21 year old mm-hmm. Adam Clayton was a box to box midfielder I don't know what it is but you, you kind of think as you say, Gabs, you never say a play, but a play, get the ball and just go. Just mm. go hard at the opposition and turn them around. Or very rarely, apart from Madama Traore. It's known that. I, I cast my eye over um, sort of opposing fans' forums, just getting a sort of an idea and a flavour of, of you know, what they think about it, especially the Villa, the Villa semi finals. And numerous posts and, and threads on forums by Villa fans who said, Borough do not, Borough are not, you know, middle of the park, they don't go forward. It's sideways and backwards all the time, and, and, and they identified that. You know, fans sat in, who rarely watch Borough, it was evident that Borough do not go forward from midfield. At the back, then, uh, we've talked about attacking midfield. Um, the the defence was the one one area, really, goalkeeper defence, that was untouched under Pulis. We saw from mm-hmm. the first week onwards that it was Randolph, Shot, Nyala, Gibson, Friend, and, and that was very much that. Fabio came in impressed, but you knew for a fact, really, that he wasn't going to get in the, the week after. Um, there's obviously the, the Ben Gibson debate and whether he'll come and go. Will, will, will that be the only change if Gibson does go? Uh, I think you're probably light of specialist full-backs. Uh, I think it is a position that you can fudge. I mean, most centre-backs under, under a Tony Pulis system can adapt and play at, at uh, full-back. We know that he's done that over his career at different clubs. But I do think we're lacking specialist fullbacks of the type Tony Pulis wants uh, and that's on both sides I think Ryan Shotton did a very good job for the first two months then gradually faded a little bit I think maybe got a bit ragged I think George uh, uh, physically he will always give you 100, 100% but he gets done out of position and for pace sometimes uh, he can't, can't deliver the throws that, that Tony Pulis would like so I think there are areas of his game that the manager would probably look to upgrade on. Jobs, Phil? Um, Go on, man. Well, I mean, personally, I, I think a George Friend of 2015 would be Tony Pulis' ideal. Um, I just think he's just lost that physical edge that he, that he did have three, four years ago. Could be just age catching up with him. Of course, it's 30s, yeah. well, well, whatever yeah, early yeah. 30s. Um, and he's always, you know, he's always been a full throttle dynamic mm. fullback, hasn't he, George? Up and yeah. down the pitch and smashing into ch- tackles full every week, full of energy. So, you know, maybe that the, the, the sort of physical drain is starting to catch up with him. Um, I, I, I personally think that that, that he, would, he will definitely look to upgrade on both sides there in this summer. That that would be my personal. I don't think it's too much to expect either either fullback, whoever it happens to be next season, to get forward more than. It was clearly a plan not to push the full-backs forward, or, you know, as Tony, you know, he did sort the defence out. Um, but it's nice to think, as far, again, go back to what the opposition would least like you to do. Nice to think you had that worry mm-hmm. that if the ball went back to the full-back, he's perfectly capable of bombing on down the right or the left and whipping in a decent ball. Um, again, it's down to what happens with Ben, for me, at the back. I mean, you'd assume Ayala will stay, and he's, 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 if he keeps fit, he's a real asset. You've got cover in terms of, I mean, Shotton could go inside if needs be, Danny Ayala, of course. And then, um, and then 
are there any young players ready? You know that we don't have to worry about the keeper. Darren Randolph is a good keeper, but who's going to be the second in command? Is Dimi going to be your first <coughs> go-to keeper? I think there are a few issues there. Full-backs is a big... big, big uh, Tony's going to be practical. He can't change the whole eleven. Of course. Well, yeah. on, on, on the Ben Gibson thing and Dale Fry, did you not think <coughs> it was interesting that after the Villa game, the one player who he singled out, unprompted, mm-hmm. was Dale Fry? The, yeah. the player who... You know, was it was it was it kind of an early pat on the back, a well, very very early sign? Then, if Gibson goes, you know, I've I've, I've got faith in you. I'll, I'll put this to you. You know, if, if we were to sell Gibson and Fry was to start with Danny as as the, the you know the, the pairing, if if we wanted to invest that that Ben Gibson money, you know, we're talking about is if he's gone, you know, if we were to get the money for Ben Gibson and he wanted to invest that in the midfield area that we, we've just spoke at length about there, would you feel comfortable enough? With Fry and Ayala, as you, as you, do you think that's a promotion winning central defence partnership? I, I do. I, th- I, I do think, because yeah. I, I think, um, yes, over, over the last year or two, at times has looked to have been uh, a, a mistake in Dale Fry. But then I think under Gary Monk, the, the defence were playing under that uncertainty as to if they were going to make a mistake, you were out the next mm. week. I don't think that was a healthy way for any of the players yeah, in the defence or the midfield to play. Um, and the year before that, the loan move didn't work out, yeah. didn't where he went to Rotherham and came back. So, so we're still yet to see Fry yeah. get, yeah. A, get a real decent run alongside a steady partner. And I'm, I'm, I'm not talking three or four games, I'm talking three or four yeah. months. Um, You'd need cover, you undoubtedly need If hypothetically you're saying that, that Ben Gibson's taken out of the equation, then I think you have to buy a seasoned, experienced leader to replace him. To mm. partner Ayala. Ayala or Fry, but you can't take someone like that who's been the mainstay for six seasons out of the equation. And you replace it's him. a good point that you'd undoubtedly yeah. have to replace Gibson. Yeah. Undoubtedly, you can go that. But I've seen more than enough of Fry. Yeah, I think Fry could play next season. Yeah, but, I think, but I think Vic makes a very important point about I like a team that's got a spine through it of experience. Yeah. You've got Randolph, vastly experienced keeper. Take Ben out of that defence, and all right, Ayala's getting hugely experienced. Was shot yeah. Ayala and Friendly. It, it depends what you call oh, leadership. I'm talking about potentially. Right. So, so just in my opinion, I like the idea of having say Randolph and then Gibson. And then you had led better in the past. You yeah. saw right through the Spanish team. You had three, you know, three senior players, vastly experienced lead, potential leaders. Then you had Friend who was another captain on the pitch at left back. You could start next season without any of those players apart from Randolph. So, so I, I think there is a danger that, and you know, I would imagine Tony Pulis being the, the character he would would want, as Vic says, mm. some sort of leader in that team. Um, a bit whether that's at centre back, whether that's in but the heart of midfield. There are plenty, aren't there? Clayton, Downey. Well, again, I'm not, sure, I'm not sure how much Clayton and even or Downey would feature next season. Danny, Danny Ayala. I mean, Ayala should be. Yeah, Ayala's get that part, but I, I don't. I don't think there's any doubt that Danny Ayala will be bored at centre half next season. And, and, and I also see him as a leader. You certainly won't be selling Gibson and Ayala. No, no, no. I'm not suggesting that for a second. But yeah, so if you've, got, if you've got Ayala there, it's a case of does Dale Fry play alongside him, or do, do you go and replace Ben with some of the money that that brings in? Um, I mean, off the top, yeah, is it, is I'm more than any... happy to have Dale Fry as part of the mix, but I think if you sell Gibson, you, you, will need to... you have to replace him you, with as good or better. I wouldn't mind. I am always impressed with Aidan Flynn. I knew, I knew you were going to say that before. Yeah, he's been he's been mentioned. That's he's been mentioned. From... I'm always impressed with him. He scores goals. 
He's strong. He's, he's a threat from set pieces, which Tony Pulis likes. He'd undoubtedly be Borough's top scorer next season. If oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he feels like a Tony Pulis kind of guy, doesn't he? I honestly think for Matt Allery, get at least 20 between them. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Probably, probably not many like Bale for over kicks from the Champions League final. I don't think it'd be anything. It'll be. <laughs> it'll be uh, it'll Although Ayala did set. try it. He did, yeah. Um, not, I think he'll suit. I think he'd suit. I think he'd suit Borough's. Finally, then, when, when do we reckon things will things will get rolling? Because it is one of those, isn't it? Where the season starts in early August, you've got a World Cup to think about. So before you know it, and the window's the seventh of August. Before you know it, you could very easily be two or three weeks away from from the start of the season. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's different this year because the, the windows come forward, so uh, we don't really know yet how that's going to affect it. Because effectively, in the past, football has taken a month off, and although yes, people have their phones, and yes, they're always there's always discussions going on in the background. The main players, the, the, the players themselves, the agents, the managers, uh, are on a sun lounger in Dubai. Uh, this year that's different. I haven't seen any evidence of a rush for early signings as yet. Uh, I suspect it'll be another week or so before things start to filter through. Mm. Uh, but that pressure of the early window is going to put you know, added momentum into it. I do feel a little bit sorry for coaches and managers. Um, in the modern day era because you start your pre-season training at the end of June beginning of July and your first two or three weeks are pretty much with your old squad and I think it might be similar this year I know the window comes forward but even so and I think how do you prepare for a nine month ten month season with players obviously they do but but with potentially half the players missing now you've got lads in from the 23s to bolster the mm. you, you know it, it is it is must be really difficult to get a philosophy within a group of players and to get everybody on the same singing from the same hymn sheet when the reality is that you might be training with four players who will be gone before the first match is complete so mm. it, it is I think I think it's going to be a messy messy window this season I mean you, you think about with the, with the in, in the past the transfer window technically didn't really open until the 1st of July so you'd be sat at the end of May, like May, beginning of June like we are, and you'd still be four weeks away from the official window really opening. Mm. It's now open for most leagues, and it's going to close early, though of course you still can sell after the window closes, and that's another danger. That I don't think Latin at Borough, but you will see the odd good player being sold from under a manager, and they can't go out and replace him because obviously some of the foreign windows close at a late date. So I think it's going to be a bit chaotic. I think it could drag on, and that's why I go back to the point I made last week about... Um, why the decision about Ben and Adama is so important if you make that decision you've got to make it early get that money in and that's easy said than done of course but get that money in if you can if you're going to sell if not let's move forward with them build a team around them but either way I think that decision has to be made because you don't want to lose one of those players on the 5th of August and, and leave yourself no time to go and buy a replacement the, oh, the, 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 the players report back um, last week of June I yeah. believe so like, see, like Vic mentioned well, there, that's a week earlier than usual yeah but it's this little four week period now isn't it that sort of you know players are, are away and, and, and things go quiet me, I mean me and the lads are having far too many conversations about what's an offer in B&Q so I hope it gets to <laughs> <laughs> what, what is an offer in B&Q <laughs> <laughs> cheers fellas thanks yeah. a lot